This developing story is brought to you by me because I'm recording this. It's also brought to you by Block because they pay for my salary. If you have any interest in learning how to code online with a mentor, um, send me an email at hello at briandouglas.me. Just a reminder, I have a special project I've been working on. It's called mutualfun.io, M-U-T-U-A-L-F-U-N.io. If you need help with code, uh, next steps, check it out, and I could probably assist mutualfun.io. Episode 20 of This Developing Story. So mutual fund, uh, mentioned in the pre-ad, um, or the pre-roll ad in the beginning, and just wanted to point out that I am going to be having my first mutual fund meeting this Wednesday. I know I mentioned about two weeks ago, but um, I had to not do it for a week um, as far as schedule conflict, and then I don't think I had anybody sign up last week. So now we're here, um, first sign up. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, just real quick, Mutual Fund is a application that not even an application. It's a service that I'm trying to do to help out people who need extra help with um, like a second pair of eyes to do code. Um, I am looking to help in any language, any project, doesn't matter. Uh, the only, uh, I guess, uh, gimmick is that it's only 30 minutes. Um, it'll be Screen Hero. And if you need some help um, trying to figure things out, I am here to help. Um, I don't know everything, but I think having someone else to learn along with you, it makes it a lot easier. Um, also, I had some of my people actually reach out and ask if uh, it's okay if they didn't have any code to present. They just wanted to ask questions and get more of a detail of getting into coding and programming. Um, that's fine also. You don't need to have code. Um, if you just want to add questions and get more details about like what I did, um, that's more than more than welcomed. Um, I do get a lot of emails like that too. So if you want to email me and ask questions, also too, uh, feel free to reach out. So this past week, I have been been working on this iOS app for this uh, program I'm in for with Block for iOS, and uh, already knocked out one of them. Um, I do have the code on GitHub if you want to look at it. It's uh, a built beer calculator. Um, if you, I think I mentioned it last week, but you can clone it and open up Xcode and literally run it, and it should run no problem. Um, as long as you're not running the latest X Xcode. Um, actually, I don't have any Swift in there, so it's not going to be a big deal. But um, yeah, it's on Xcode 6.3 or whatnot. So if you have 7, it might not work, but I don't think so. But it's the Alculator. Um, if you want to just check out to see what the block app looks like. Um, if not, um, yeah. I also have a browser that I'm working on. It's partially running. Um, I won't put the link in the show notes, but if you looked hard enough, you can find it. Um, so I'm just going to, uh, just got a couple extra things to do. Um, what I found is Objective-C has been, hasn't been that bad. It's actually pretty interesting looking up different methods and finding out how to do specific things I know how to do in Ruby. Um, knowing Ruby has actually helped a lot because I'm able to understand what needs to be done. So I just literally just look up specifically how I, I would type it up for Stack Overflow in Ruby and just re replace the word uh, Ruby with the Jack C in it. Um, it's been pretty successful for me. Um, I was pretty stuck on trying to enable pinch to zoom, um, not pinch to zoom, uh, I might need to remit. 
it's actually pinched to scale. I have an item or a, um, a toolbar that I wanted to resize by pinching. And I took forever to figure out how to get my pinching to activate. Um, it turns out when you simulate on the iOS simulator in Xcode, um, you not only have to pinch and zoom, you also have to click while you're pinching, which is a bit of an awkward. Um, I guess it would be nice if I en enabled uh, tap to click. Um, not that I think about it, since I don't I'm not really a big fan of tap to click, but if I had that, then um, it probably would be no problem. So I might have to turn that on for, I guess, the, just for testing apps and stuff like that. But yeah, it took me almost half a day to figure out how to click and zoom because I kept thinking my code was wrong, um, but my code was right. It was just that I could not, I wasn't clicking in the trackpad. So yeah, um, a little note, if any of you guys are going to be doing any iOS um, app building and you want to use Xcode for the simulator, definitely uh, enable tap to click. So this past week I have been a bit struggling in Angular. Um, it's funny because I struggled on Friday um, pretty hard trying to figure out things in Angular. And it wasn't that I wasn't figuring I didn't know how to do the things. Um, I was able to, f like, I know what I needed to do, but I couldn't get actually the actual files to know about each other. Um, we're kind of taking an approach, a more of an Angular 2 approach of componentizing um, the different file systems in our app. So I am... Uh, I created, um, I'm at, I have a task of actually creating a new modal and I'm componentizing the modal and my goal was to generic, make a generic modal to be able to use elsewhere whenever needed. Unfortunately, I could not figure out for the life of me how to get it as generic to be able to just to include in different controllers. So I ended up scrapping that, um, pretty quickly and now I'm just repeating a lot of code and hopefully once I finish, I can start seeing some patterns to be able to combine some of this logic um, with the other models that we have. But for the time being, um, I guess I'm just taking the easy way route. Um, sometimes, um, I guess it's a saying that I've heard a lot, sometimes you have to write bad code first to write good code, and that's what I'm going for. Um, I'm writing some pretty um, repetitive code um, to get things done. Um, it might make it into production, um, but I do, I'm do. i probably gonna put a note as far as refactoring for a later date. Um, but yeah, um, the struggle's real, and uh, it's been interesting. So I've got past most of the Angular hiccups that I, I've gotten over. I'm moving over to um, now CSS, which has been pretty interesting in this transition to be becoming a full-stack developer. Um, prior, I was like just the back ends. I only did Rails. Um, I knew about a node from the Steamroller project that I did. But as far as like CSS, uh, it was Bootstrap at all. Bootstrap all the things, and... I'm now at the point where I'm pretty confident that I can do things in CSS. Um, just like what I was explaining, writing bad code before you write good code, I definitely write some repetitive CSS. Um, I don't take advantage of all the things you can do in SAS, um, for the most part, just because I haven't used them. So I've just been grabbing what's been comfortable. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to these next, uh, about next day and a half to finish off the CSS and finally ship out this uh, feature. And uh, it's just been kind of making me think, uh, um, it's been pretty interesting this, this transition um, to be able to be comfortable in not only the back end but also front end and be reliable in both ends, which is uh, it's pretty nice. It's my on my track to becoming a mid level developer. I know um, I mentioned a few episodes back that um, that's my goal 
in the next year is become that that strong mid-level developer um to be real, realistic um with this uh with the way the market is here specifically in San Francisco, it's going to be much harder to become that quote unquote senior developer. Um, I think what a senior developer is other places is just a, a mid level developer here, um, uh, which is not a big deal for me, uh, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to becoming more confident. I guess the question I probably should answer is like, what is a mid level developer? Uh, what's a junior developer? And I think a, a junior developer can do things. I think enough, to find things out. I think a mid-level developer has confidence to be able to do things and share um, what you've done and not only be able to explain um, certain things that you haven't done to other people, I think will make you a mid-level developer um, within the, the limits of San Francisco and Silicon Valley. Um, actually, I don't think I can even speak for Silicon Valley. I'm not even sure what it's like down there. There's a lot of more bigger companies with bigger teams down there, but um, yeah. I think uh, as far as a senior developer, um, just having the, the knowledge and the experience, I think, which makes a difference as a senior developer. Um, I had a pretty good conversation with some of my teammates, um, went out for drinks uh, a few days ago. And yeah, that was basically in a nutshell, having the experience and knowledge of knowing, oh yeah, we did it this way this one time. Let's try it this way. Um, I think that's what kind of sets apart a senior developer from the pack. Um, having an experience and a knowledge base of knowing what path to take. Um, I don't think I'm anywhere near that that um, position yet. For one, um, I know recently we've implemented a lot of new things within our code base. One thing being uh, JavaScript testing. Um, I've written some JavaScript tests, but if you if I was set out to implement JavaScript testing in our entire app, it's not something I could actually take a take a, sh- a swing at. And uh, another developer on the team actually did that for us, so um, which was why he's a senior developer. Um, some other things like CSS things that I just don't have any knowledge of, like specifically like SaaS, I still need to ask questions about uh, best practices. So I think uh, in time, um, as I get more more chances to do different features, I'll learn more and more, and I'm looking forward to it. So I am finally going to change things up a little bit. I want to um, start add not only just still doing picks, but also do um, Bay Area tips. So anything in the San Francisco Bay Area that I learn, I just want to share. So let's just knock out a pick. Uh, my pick is actually CodePen. Um, I'm trying to get better at CSS, and it seems like I don't ever know what to do when I need to do it. I always have to look things up. So um, just listening to the Code Newbie podcast this morning with um, Chris Coyer, and hearing about CodePen, it seems like an awesome opportunity just to scroll through and look at people's projects, um, like small little CSS projects that looking at their code and how they did it, um, it I think it will probably hopefully expand my knowledge base. And um, I, highly, I highly recommend setting up a uh, account. Um, you can set up a free account and start committing or sh- sharing little snippets of CSS. So that's my pick. As far as my Bay Area tip, so um, there is a company local uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's called Phil's Coffee. Um, I've heard about – actually, I've, I've never heard about Phil's Coffee until I moved here. And um, I it turned out that I stayed at Airbnb in the Mission, which is uh, – t- I was at 23rd Street. Um, but the original Phil's Coffee is off 24th Street. 
Um, so I would walk by that place every morning and see it. And once I, I actually arrived at my Airbnb, my host actually recommended me go to Phil's Coffee and check it out. As he was stating, it's the best coffee he's you can get hands down. And my boss, um, Dave Paola, uh, check him out on Twitter. He um, He's also a big fan of Phil's Coffee. So um, lo and behold, I checked out Phil's Coffee, had some coffee. It's actually remarkably pretty good. And um, I didn't realize it, but... Phil's Coffee is different. Um, it actually it originated the mission um, back at a time where Starbucks was barely a thing, I guess. Um, I guess it was kind of a thing in the early 90s, um, but Phil's has been around since then. It used to be a a convenience store that sold coffee, and they made, a, a I guess, a pivot into just doing coffee um, at the time in the mid-90s, I believe. And I guess the guy's name is Phil. Um, ended up for the longest time, he uh, just was content with having that coffee and the experience and the experience is different to what a Starbucks is. Um, basically what Phil's is, is almost like if you were to go into a cocktail bar, um, at night, that's basically Phil's coffee. Um, but it's a date, it's obviously a daytime environment, but you go up to the bar and you order your drink from the bartender and they mix your coffee. It's all, uh, I think it's all drip coffee. Um, maybe I'm not sure. I don't think it's a, no, it's not drip. It's a, Whatever that process is when they like pour over, I think. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a pour over version of coffee. And they do a bit of a mixing. It's all blends. And you don't get straight up just plain roasted bean coffee. It's all like blended with like berries and butter. And it's unique. It's a, it's a different experience. So I highly recommend Phil's Coffee. Uh, I believe it was sold for lots of money. And now it's been expanded um, as a franchise. And so Phil's Coffee is uh it's becoming more of a thing. It was kind of featured in um a few episodes of um Silicon Valley. I've noticed it. So if you ever have a chance to check out um coffee in the Bay Area, check out Phil's. 